0: Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world, one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media, at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. I will ready for the word? You ready for the word? I know you're ready for the word. I'm gonna continue diving into what we've been looking at as a church, the resurrection scriptures. And I'm going to tell you this morning, like I said, I believe God's going to speak to us and challenge us, not because my message is good, but because God's word is good. And I believe God has given me some unique insight today to encourage us as it pertains um, to the resurrection. And here's one thing I know. Whenever you talk about Jesus rising from the dead something's gonna rise up inside of you. There is It is impossible to preach on the resurrection and not experience a resurrection in some area of our lives because the same power, the Bible says, that rose Christ from the dead, it dwells in us. And so I want you to turn your Bibles with me to the Gospel of Luke or the book of Luke, chapter number 24, we're going to read verses 1 through verse number 6. I'm in the NIV translation. The Gospel of Luke chapter 24, verse 1 through 6. Also, they're going to put a link there in the comments section. It is the it is the uh, uh, the outline to my message. Essentially, I give you my message outline. I love you. I want you to be a student of God's Word, and, and I love teaching. I, I love to preach, but I'm a, I am a teacher of God's Word at heart. Um, I, I love to dig into the text and to really, you know, get into the grind of it and break it down. And so, I'm giving you my message outline, so that you can take notes and my points and verses, because I want you to be a student of God's word. And so go ahead and click that link and, and uh, you can follow along with me. But I'm gonna read out of Luke chapter 24, verses one through verse number six. And we're reading about the resurrection. And man, I can't wait to get to the, to, to the centerpiece of this, of this message that I believe it's gonna speak to us. Verse one, the Bible reads like this, says, on the first day of the week, so i say first day, What's the first day? The first day is Sunday. Sunday is the first day of the week. And that's why we have church on Sunday to commemorate the resurrection. And so Sunday is not the last day of the week. Sunday is the first day of the week. And we do that ever since the resurrection, the New Testament church, because on Sunday we're remembering Christ rose from the dead. We're asking God to rise us up every week. It says on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. It says they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they had entered, notice they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. So the Bible says they didn't find the body of Jesus. It says while they were wondering or they were perplexed about this, they're like, why isn't Jesus' body here? Suddenly two men in clothes of, gleam, of uh, gleamed like lightning stood beside them. These were angels, these two men that came. Uh, there. Uh, they were angels. The Bible says, In fright the women bowed down their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? Notice the angels made this question. Why are you looking for something that's living? Jesus was alive among a dead place. He says, verse 6, He is not here. He has risen. Agaro. I talked to you about that last week. He said He has awakened. He has arisen. He says, Remember, someone say, Remember how He told you while He was still with you, in Galilee. I want to talk to you. The Bible says that Jesus rose again and he lifted up again. Now I have today's message, I have two titles, okay. I have what I'm calling the Pastor Josiah title. Then I have my Josiah Silva title. (laughs) So you can pick whatever, it's pick your title Sunday. My Pastor Josiah message title today is Raised to Life. But my Josiah Silva title today is God's got this. So you can choose whatever title you want today. Today's pick your title Sunday. I I had these words in me that I'm like, I'm going to intertwine it. I'm like, I just, I came, I'm full and I came ready to to teach God's word today. But I got two titles. You can pick your title. In fact, write down whatever title you want in the comment section right there. But today it's raised to life in God's got this. In fact, my title for God's got this is like a little bit of attitude, like God's got this. He got this. And so I want to talk to you today a message that I've entitled either raised to life or God's got this, but I want to talk to you about the power of the resurrection. Let's pray together one more time. Father, I thank you for the reading of your word. I thank you that God, during this crisis, we're going to focus on Christ because Christ, you're for us. Christ, you are with us, and during this pandemic, we're still going to give you the praise. The Bible says to everything there is a season and to every purpose under heaven, there is a purpose. And so, Father, we know this season will pass. We know that this season will come and go, but God, we're going to stay with you through every season. We're going to turn this pandemic into a praise-demic, and we know that you are with us, God, and you're going to carry us through. So during these times, God, speak to us, encourage us, and move us into a greater glory. In Jesus' name we pray all of God's people. Say amen. Come on, give God one more hand clap because He is good. So, so good. Here's what I want you to do in your living room or wherever it is you're watching. I want you to turn to somebody and tell them, God's got this. Come on, just tell them, say, God's got this. Come on, tell somebody that. And if, you, if you're watching by yourself, just tag somebody in the comment and be like, hey girl, God's got this. Be like, hey bro, God's got this. Come on, tell them that. Or you could say, I'm being raised to light. Whatever title you like there in Jesus' name. Well, Amen. Well, hey, I listen, I'm ready to serve you. Like I said, I'm wearing my Freedom House Dream Team shirt. So I am ready to serve. Put a mop on my back so wherever I walk, I can mop the floor. I'm just here to serve. Come on now. But I'm excited to talk to you today about the power, like I mentioned, of the resurrection. And when we talk about the resurrection, like I said, there's something unique that takes place. And, and there is a power that God has placed on the theme of resurrection because it is God's intent to lift us from where we were to where he wants us to be. The resurrection has a purpose. The resurrection comes with a power that is inside of it for us to experience. You see the resurrection was not just some event in history. The resurrection is an event that wants to hit that wants to take place in his story in your life. God wants us to experience the power of the resurrection. In fact, I love how Paul the apostle said it in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. It was Paul's desire not just to know God, but to know the power that took place on the resurrection. Book of Romans says that the same power that rose Christ from the dead it also dwells in us Romans 8:11 and so this resurrection isn't just a historic event this is an event that God wants to take of his story in our lives and so the resurrection reminds us of so much it reminds us not just of what Jesus did but it reminds us of what Jesus is doing in our lives. You see, the resurrection is a reminder that we are not overwhelmers, we're overcomers. The resurrection is a reminder that because Jesus came out of the grave, I can step into heaven. It's a reminder that because he got up, we can get up. It's a reminder that even when things look bleak and dead, God says, I can raise you back to life. The resurrection is a reminder of who Christ is and how he conquers every dead situation. Now, why is that important? That's important for us because if we're all honest during this crisis, it looks very dire. It looks like things, are, you know, unemployment numbers are going up and you hear about how this, this, th- there's division happening in our country and some feel we should open up and some feel we shouldn't open up and some feel what's going on and people are, are doing this and they're doing that. And you may look and say, oh, my goodness, what's happening? Well, the resurrection reminds us that no matter what comes to us, no matter what comes against us, listen to me now, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world that nothing greater is going to come against me than what God has put in me i'll say it again the thing that comes against me is not greater than what God has put in me now what does he put in me not a human spirit but he's put in me the holy spirit now this is important because i don't trust my human spirit i trust in the holy spirit now when christ came out of the out of the tomb or out of the out of back to dead to life and let's go over here we got our tomb on stage it took me all week long to build this now i'm just kidding we got an amazing team when christ came out of the tomb let me open this up here when he came out of the tomb watch me now this was a confirmation that jesus was the messiah on the cross jesus was the savior in the tomb jesus was the messiah Very important. A theological statement here. Like I said, I love to preach, but let me teach. When Jesus died for our sins, he became our savior. When he rose again, he became Yeshua, Yamashiach. He became the Messiah, the anointed one. He became the person who conquered sin and death. Why is that important? Because if Jesus only died, but he didn't raise again, then he would have have died for our sins, but never conquered the grave. Very important. The Bible says, Oh, grave, where is your string? Oh, death, where is your victory? In other words, Jesus not only forgave us of our sins, but he gave us the authority to take back life and to come back to life again. In other words, the keys to my life are not in the hands of a drug, not in the hands of a relationship. The keys to my life are not in the hands of things, not in the hands of materialism, it's not in the hands of an experience. The keys to my life are in the hands of Jesus because if he conquered death, then I too can reconquer death and I can come back to life. Someone say amen to that. And so he became the Messiah. Now Jesus made this statement. It's important that I give you this foundation before I get into the, to the needy-gritty here. But Jesus made this statement in John chapter number 10 If you put that verse up there for me team that'd be awesome the scripture says it like this next verse please it says no one Jesus says can take my life in other words nobody can take my life he says from me I sacrifice it how voluntarily so I made this statement last week but let me just bring this thought back nobody killed Jesus in other words it wasn't like they got Jesus man did you see they got him they killed him no 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 Jesus said i laid my life down in other words, he gave his life for you and I. Jesus said, for I have the authority to what? Lay it down. He says, and I also, when I want to, I love that, I love how the NLT breaks it down. He said, when I want to also take it up again. So Jesus was like, I laid my life down. Nobody killed me. He's like, for the record, Jesus could have called 10,000 angels to take him off that cross, but it wasn't the nails that held him on that cross. It was the love for you and I. He says, I voluntarily gave my life and sacrificed it for all of us. In other words, no. But the devil did not kill Jesus. The world is not winning. God is always on the throne even when it looks like, like things are out of control. He says he laid it down. And I love this word here. I want you to just highlight it, circle it, underline it, bold it, do what you have to do. He says, for I have the authority to lay it down. Authority is greater than power. I wish I had more time. I pray. authority is greater than power it 's not so much that Christ had more power than the grave it 's that God has the authority over death. He has the authority over what is trying to come against us. And authority is always greater than power. And I know you might feel that the power of darkness comes over your life or the power of sin or the power of temptation or the power of Satan or the power of some demonic force is stronger than you. But I got to remind you is that I may not have the power to overcome these things, but God has given me the authority through Christ Jesus to tell the devil where he can't go and where it cannot happen in my life. Someone say authority, okay? Authority, he says to take it up. So Jesus, the Bible tells us, raises up after three days, right? He told him he's going to die on the cross, but he's going to be raised up again. And he had the authority to bring it back up. And he rose again. Now, it's important to know that this was not a surprise event. It wasn't like Jesus rose again and said, oh my goodness, he rose again. No, Jesus told his disciples. He told everybody, I am going to die, but don't trip apple chip. I'm going to raise back to life. He didn't say apple chip part. That's that's my version. He said I'm going to raise it back to life. So Jesus always had this plan. It was always a purpose. So There wasn't a surprise to this. He said, I'm going to die, but I'm going to come back to life. Now, when we look at the verses that we just read, I want to forensically break this down to extract some points that I think are vitally important to us during this pandemic and during this crisis that we can find from the resurrection. I don't think it's by coincidence that we're going through this pandemic during Easter there's no coincidence. This is all intertwined. Again, God didn't cause COVID-19, but he will use COVID-19 because the, whatever virus is not bigger than God's vision. I'll say it one more time. Whatever virus is not bigger than God's vision, God is going to get the glory out of this situation. But let's look at Luke 24 in the verses that we just read. And the verses that we just read, we see that number one, this story is is being accounted for in the Gospel of Luke or the Book of Luke. And Luke, it's important to note that Luke's talent was he was a physician come on covid come on frontline warriors those physicians right now but the bible tells us that luke was actually a physician he was one that was very detailed he was one that wrote from a medical background and so luke the the the, the writer is actually very very detailed in the sense of what took place during The resurrection, he's the one that talked about the sweat of blood that came out of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. There's actually Luke, believe it or it is to believe it, but Luke wrote more of the New Testament even than Paul the Apostle. More people, I Paul the Apostle wrote more books in the New Testament, but Luke actually wrote more chapters of the New Testament. The, The writer with the most chapters in the New Testament is actually Luke the physician. In other words, Luke was one who was very attention to detail, he was very educated, he was very focused and he understood the working of the medical field but was wowed by the working of the supernatural power of God. You already know where I'm going. Luke the physician realized there's only so far medicine can go, but there's a place further that faith and the supernatural goes. And so Luke the physician writes the biblical account of the resurrection in so much detail and so much of Jesus' life that he's intrigued by the supernatural power of God that, that supersedes Everything that is in education and medical field. Now, let me just say this. We're thankful for medicine. We're thankful for education. But can I tell you there is a space that medicine and education can only go so far. And that's the space where our faith lives. That's the space where the power of God lives. That's the space where the supernatural is. Where God can move inside of our lives. And so Luke the physician writes, writes the gospel of Luke or the book of Luke from that foundation. And in verse number two, he talks about in details that other writers and other gospels and Matthew, Mark, and, and John didn't really break down, but he writes it in such a way that allows us to dive into the scripture. Now in Luke chapter 22, in uh, 24, verse two through four, come on, let's get down to business here. The Bible says here in verse two, it says, they found the stone, watch this now, out of the New Living Translation, please. Luke 24, verse two through four, the Bible says this. It says, they found the the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So at the at the, at, at the first scripture Luke writes about this detailed account that when 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 uh, when Mary 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 right they came to the tomb that they found the tomb rolled away but when they entered they did not find the body of Jesus. Verse 3 says so they went in And they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. Verse 4. So they stood there out of the New Living Translation. How did they stand there? What's the word there? They stood what? Puzzled. In other words, watch me now. When they came to the tomb, stay with me, they were puzzled that the body of Jesus was not there. So they were like, We did not expect for the body not to be there. Stay with me. So they expected for the body to still be in the tomb. So the expectation of the, the, the women that came to the tomb early Sunday morning, they expected for Jesus still to be in the tomb. They did not expect that Jesus would not be there. And here's my first point that I feel God told me to tell you out of the resurrection is God always moves Beyond your expectation. Come on, somebody. God always moves. They expected for Jesus to still be in the tomb... But when they got there, he wasn't in the tomb. So the point is, the Easter message is God moved beyond their expectation. You see, because of the circumstances, Mary and, and Martha, they expected to find a dead Jesus. They expected to mourn over the loss. They expected to be defeated. They expected to see uh, the to lose momentum. They expected to decrease. They were actually expecting for dead situation because of the circumstances and the enemy loves listen to me here the enemy loves to lower your expectation to what god can do but what i love about easter sunday and what i love about the god that we serve and i know it's not easter today but i'm still talking about the resurrection power of god that he wants to bring into our lives is instead god moved beyond their expectation god delivered in other words god came through and god was like i know you're at you expected you brought spices and you expected to see dead jesus God was like, well, I moved beyond your expectation because I told you I was going to do it, and God rose from the grave, and here's what I want to tell you. I know that during this situation, during this pandemic, you might expect to see a a dead God. In other words, you expect that God won't do it. You're expecting to mourn. You're expecting to lose. You're expecting for, for nothing to take place. Don't let the devil steal your expectation. God can move beyond your expectation. When God got up and when they found that the tomb was empty and Jesus wasn't there. It was that. That's the moment to say, man, God, you got this. God, you came through. And I feel like you need to tell somebody, God's got this. That during this pandemic, don't lower your expectation. In fact, raise your expectation to the goodness of God. Because when the situation tries to lower it, here's the good news God can move beyond your expectation. Now, this is powerful because it requires faith. And faith really is our expectation, it's what we expect to see God do. Let me ask you a question. Where's your expectation right now? Are you like Mary, Martha? When they came to the tomb and they expected to see Jesus dead, they expected to cry, they expected to mourn. That was their expectation. That's why they brought the spices. Are you like them? Or could you maybe this moment God wants to change your expectation and say, no, God, I want to see you move. You see, in order to change your expectation, it requires faith. The Bible tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. It requires us to say, I am going to operate in the realm of faith that when I come to any situation that looks like it may not work out, I know that God's got this and God can move beyond my expectation. God can actually move beyond what I expected. And let me tell you something, never allow the low expectation of somebody else's faith come on your faith. Let me say it again. Never allow... The low expectation of somebody else's faith come on your faith. Because an expectation of faith is not me just using my imagination. My expectation of faith is letting the scriptures give me a greater interpretation that God is bigger and God is greater than whatever dead situation, whatever bleak situation. That is the message of the resurrection. Now, let's talk about this expectation for a minute. Say this. Say faith. Is my expectation. Say it again. Say, faith is my expectation. Come on, write it down there. Faith is my expectation. You see, they expected to see a tomb. Stay with me now. They expected to see Jesus still dead. But God moved their expectation. God, in fact, flipped their expectation from something that looked dire to something that was living. Now stay with me here. They expected to see a tomb. But can I tell you, the tomb was not a tomb. This was not the place of death. This was not the place of mourning. God flipped it and the tomb, watch me here, actually became a womb. Stay with me. What they thought was a place of death... God flipped it and made it a place of life. Stay with me here. Don't lose me. What they thought would come and say, oh, my goodness, let's mourn over what's dire. God flipped it and it became a place of life. The tomb actually became a womb where a miracle was birthed out. Because it is possible to come into a situation... And expect it to get worse when God says, when I see a situation, I can flip it. What you thought was a place of death, God says, I'm going to flip it to a place of life. Why? Because God's word always comes through. God's word always sees through what's going to take place. I love what Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 says. It says, so shall my word be that goes from my mouth. Watch this verse. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what. I please, and it shall prosper in the time for which I sent it. You hear that? God says his word always produces fruit. It always accomplishes what it's sent out to do. God, I love this verse that says here, he says, it won't return void. Whenever God gives a word, he says it's not going to come back void. What does that mean? You want to know what that means? That means that this, this virus will not take your victory. This means that my calling is not void. That means that your victory is not void. This means that your God's promises are not going to be void. God's salvation over your life is not void. God says that his word never returns void, but it always accomplishes what God pleases. And if God said he was going to turn it to life, then my God is going to turn to life. Listen to me here. If God... God promised you that he had you in the beginning of January. This year is not over. God's word is not going to return void. You got to stay in that place of victory. This is not happy talk. This is Bible talk. This is not just trying to be, you know, fill the room with air. This is filling the room with the word of God. Is that you need to declare this, God, my life is not void. My future is not void. My family is not void. That God, your word always accomplishes what it's set out to. Why? Because God Got this. Come on, say it again. Say, God's got this in Jesus' name. Now, when we look at the story, I got to move quick here. I got a lot, a lot of stuff out. A lot, a lot of great stuff I want to get out here. Is we recognize that the angels, when they came expecting something, a tomb, but it became a womb of life. That when they came, the angels made these two things. Write this down for all my note takers. They asked a question, then they made a statement. Say, so when they say question? And say statement. So I, I love, God always does this by the way. Whenever you're in a situation, listen to me now. God will always ask you a question. Then he'll make a statement. That's how God rolls. Like in the, in the book of Genesis, when Adam was in the garden, God said, "Where Adam, where are you? He asked him a question. Did God not know where Adam was? Of course he knew where he was. God always asks a question. He, remember when, the, remember when the, the two blind men wanted to be healed in the New Testament? Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Well, obviously they wanted to get healed. So God always asks a question. So I'm telling you right now, wherever it is in your life, God's going to ask you a question. And your response is everything, by the way. He always asks you a question because a question requires a response. It's usually not because God doesn't know the answer. He's asking a question to see if you're going to respond either in faith or you're going to respond out of fear. But the angels ask this question. Go to verse uh, number number uh, four. You got it. it says, in fright the women bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, watch what the men said to him. This is what the angel said. They said, why do you look for the living among the dead? They said, why do you look for the living among the dead? Now, now, what's so powerful about this is they asked him a question. They said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you looking for the right thing in the wrong place? Why are you looking for the living Jesus in a place, of, in a place where he's not going to be? So here's the second point. I want you to write this down that is going to change your perspective. It's going to help us here. If you're going to be raised to life, if you're going to recognize that God's got this, number two, you've got to locate your looking. Locate your looking. In other words, where am I looking for what I really need? He said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? In other words, why are you looking for the right thing at the wrong place? Now, stay with me because this could be a little mind twister here. They were looking for the body of Jesus. He says, you're looking for Jesus, right thing, but you're looking in the wrong place because he told you he was going to raise from the dead. So you came expecting to see him, that situation, dead. He's like, you're looking for the living, right, for the dead, wrong place in the tomb. Now, what they were also saying, because the question is always two-sided, they were saying, you're also... At the right place, but you're not looking for the right thing. (laughs) Stay with me here. In other words, he came to life and you're trying to find Jesus. He's not going to be here. But you're at the right place. You're at the tomb to experience the resurrection. But you're looking for the wrong thing in the right places. Stay here. So that means that I can be at a place where I'm trying to find the right thing, but not at the right place. Or I'm finding the wrong thing in the right place that I can't see with my own eyes. Here's the best example I can give you. Because God turned the tomb into a womb. It is like next week, my, my, my son David, my, my youngest baby, he's going to turn one year old. We share the same birthday. Miracle, God took place. I have no more birthday, no more. When the baby was born, imagine if I was looking for the baby... In my wife's womb. And I'd say, How can the baby's not in your stomach? Well, he's not in the stomach because he's born. I'd be looking for the right thing in the wrong place. But if I look to my wife, who's the right thing, how many know she's the right thing, baby? Uh huh. Okay, she's the right thing. When I see her, I'm looking for the right thing. What I should be looking for is that from her womb, there has been birth hope. That even though her womb is empty, can I submit to you, her womb was not empty. But her womb has produced life, has produced hope, and there should be an elation. I should come to the empty womb with the spirit of expectation and faith because the womb has produced life. And what I'm trying to tell you is that when we come to the resurrection, watch me now, when we come to the situation, is God is saying, when you're coming to the tomb, when you're coming to a situation, you got to look to the life that can be born out of this. There is life that can come out of this pandemic. There is life that can come out of this area. And can I submit to you, we're not in a quarantine. We're in a cocoon right now. And when we come into the tomb, God says, I want you to experience and find the right thing at the right place. And I believe that right now we are in the right timing for God to move in our homes in a way we've never seen before because the message of the resurrection is that this is a womb. And I believe that we are in a womb situation right now that God is birthing. You are like a caterpillar in a cocoon and some of you God is working on you. God is developing you. God is stretching you. God is challenging you. God is causing you to trust. Him. He's causing you to look to Him. Why? Because God wants you to receive the right thing at the right time and experience the right blessings of the power of God in your life. Come on, someone say I'm in a cocoon of blessing that God is doing in my life. Come on, say amen. You see, God wants us to live this so that we can find the right thing at the right places. Don't miss what God wants to do in your life right now. I'm going to say it one more time. Don't miss what God wants to do in your life right now. Right now, I believe that there are so many specific things God wants to do in your heart. that He wants to develop you in a way that you've never seen before. You know, people right now are saying this. They're saying, man, I wish things could go back the way they used to be. And I keep telling people, don't say that. I don't want things to go back the way they were. I want to go into where we've never been. God, I want you to move in a new way. I want this situation because some of you are going to write this season as a tomb. The time that everything died. My vision died. That was the time that quarantine happened. That was the time that my business died. That was the time that my relationship, got stop viewing it as a tomb and start viewing it as a womb. I came with a word from God for you. And start viewing that right now you are in a cocoon. That it's no coincidence that it happened during Easter. That right now, this is not a tomb. This is a womb. And God is developing you. God is working on you. You have to locate your looking. Why Don't, don't be looking for the wrong thing in the right place and the right thing at the wrong time and the wrong place. You got to find the right thing at the right place and watch God begin to give you revelation on where he wants to take you. I'm talking to somebody right now. Someone say I'm in a womb. Come on now. That's from that. I'm I'm being put together right now. I believe that's what God's doing for us as a church. This some people look at this situation as this is a tomb. No, this is a womb. God is, God is expanding the church. And again, I, I I so dislike this whole COVID-19 and all that's taking place. I dislike it, I disdain it, I rebuke it, and I send that, that disease back to the pit of hell from where it came from. But I'm telling you what I love about this situation. I love that God is, we're in a womb and He's developing the church, that we have a drive-through salvation. I'm still blown away at that. Souls are getting saved at the parking lot, just drive-through. I love the relationships. I love the, the family dinners that are taking place right now. I love that people are reflecting on, on who God is. I, re, I love that it's, it's humbling all of us and causing us to go back to who Christ is. I love that it's bringing us back to the simplicity of life. It's, I love that it's recalibrating us and not making us be busy bodies. And I got to go here and I got to go there and I got to go here and I got to go there. and I got I don't know about you, but I'm like, whoa, just stop it. I love that, that it's causing us to reflect on that, that our families are important. I love that it's making us be more, more, more frugal and what's, 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 you know, really a, a, value, a value. I love that. We're in a womb. Here's the word God told me. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to communicate this to you. It's a womb. And he's wrapping us right now in his hand. And he's wrapping us in his goodness. And I'm going to tell you the key right now. The key. If you're going to make it through this season, the key, write this down somewhere on your notes. If you're going to make it through this season is to obey God's word. It is your obedience. I love what God told Joshua in 1, 8 and 9. I'm almost done here. Let me wrap this up. The study. He says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it both day and night so you will be sure to obey everything that is written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. Only when you obey This is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God will go wherever you go. Obedience is to say, God, I'm going to obey you in this season. I'm going to know what you said. Now, I want you to write this down. I gave this to my Bible college, but I want to give it to our church family. Remember this, all victory is on the other side of your obedience to God's word. All victory is on the other side of obedience to God's word. All your victory, if you look back on your life, every moment you have had victory, it's because you obeyed God's word. But conversely, all defeat is on the other side of your disobedience to God's word. Every area of your life, just look back where you disobeyed God and that's where you've had defeat in your life. See, we need to say, God, I am going to obey you. I'm in this season, I'm in a womb and you're developing me and I know, which leads me to that third point, that God always comes through. Say this way, say, God always comes through. Say it, come on, say it again. Say, God always comes through. I want you to tell whoever you're watching this with, tell tell, tell them all, say, God always comes through. Come on, tell them. God always comes through. Not sometimes comes through, God always comes through. Always. Now it may not be on your timing, but his timing is always perfect and it's always right. God always comes through. Here's how here's how the angel said it in verse 6 says, he's not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you. Some will say remember. Say it again, say remember. He said, remember, he told you he was going to rise up. Remember, he told you this wasn't a tomb but a womb. Remember, he told you he was going to raise you back to life. Remember, he told you he had the authority over every dire and dead situation. Remember, he told you that death has no victory. Remember, he told you that the grave has no sting on Jesus. Remember, he told you that he was going to come through. And I'm telling you right now, listen to me, I'm prophesying to you. Whatever whatever, right now, it's individual because we're all affected by this COVID-19 in some way, in some shape, in some form. You need to hear the word of the Lord. Let them have ears. Let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. God says He is going to come through like He's come through for Joshua. He's going to come through like He came through for Moses. He's going to come through like He did for Daniel. He's going to come through like He did for David. And you need to know you serve the same God that David served. You serve the same God that Moses served, you serve the same God that Joshua served, we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords and if he came through in the tomb, he's gonna come through in my life, why? Because he always comes through, God's got this and I shall be raised back to life, this will not be a tomb, this will be a womb that I will look back and say that was the time God birthed in my life and in my family something I could have never had on my own, come on shout amen We have to trust God in these areas. I'm almost done here. Give me literally just a few more minutes. I'm going to show you something I want us to do as a church family. Because some today are going to experience the resurrection like you never had before. I'm going to call you to some some act of faith. It's going to be awesome. I'm smiling because I know where we're going. You're like, what's going to happen? Just stay with me. You see, it comes down to how does God come through? There's only one way God comes through. Listen to me now. God comes through if you trust him. God does not come through if you trust your own self, your own ways, and your own power. God comes through to those who trust him. I love what John 15:5 says. This is a personal verse of mine. I always pray that somehow, some way, and every every time I pray to God, it, it makes its way into my prayer life. But John 15:5, Jesus says this: it's the, it's the parable of the vine and the branches. And in John 15:5, here, here's what Jesus said. This is what he says, put up there for me if you can for me, team. John 15, 5. He says it like this. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. John 15, 5, put up there for me, team. Thank you. Next verse, thank you. Stay with me here. He says, Yes, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I am them will produce how much fruit? Much fruit. Now watch this last sentence because here the sentence is exactly what you need to pray every moment. And every day, he says, for apart from me, you can do no thing, nothing. Listen to me. I'm looking at this camera because I'm looking right at you in the eyes. Apart from God, you can do nothing. And I always pray this. It makes it way into my prayer life. Almost every time I pray, I'd say 90% of the time, I always say, God, apart from you, I can do nothing. Nothing good. (laughs) Apart from you, God, I can do nothing that will actually leave a lasting impact. And here's what I I want you to think about. I want you to think about where in your life you have been doing things without God. Because trust is a big thing. Trust is saying, God, I recognize that apart from me I can do nothing. You see, you can't give God the glory if you're in control. Trust is all about giving God control. You and God can't be in control at the same time. And here's one thing we all battle with, everyone. Everybody watching this right now. You have control issues. I know you do. We all do. I know some of you are like, some of you are pointing right now. You're going, yeah, they got control issues. You have control issues. But you can't give God the glory when you're in control. You can only give God glory when you let him be in control. You and God can't be in control at the same time. Either he's in control or you're in control. And can I tell you, I've been on both sides of that coin. I've been in my life where I was in control of my life. And I know exactly what happened. It led me to hopelessness. It led me for it to be a tomb. But when I let God have control, my tomb, what should have killed me, became a womb and has brought me back to life. I found the right thing at the right place, which his name is Jesus. And today I want to ask you to give God complete control over your life. I want to ask you to trust Jesus to experience the same resurrection power that he has because the next, the next verse I'm going to show you, I told you, is that Jesus, the, the stone was rolled away not for Jesus to come out but for you to come in. That's why the stone was rolled away. It wasn't so that Jesus could come out. Jesus could walk through walls. He can walk on water. He didn't eat the the stone rolled away. The stone was rolled away so that you and I can come in and experience the resurrection. And what if I told you, listen to me, I'm almost done here. Please don't, don't lose me here. What if I told you that God actually instituted in his word a way for you to experience the same resurrection that Jesus experienced? What if I told you, that God instituted a principle from the eternal God into the physical realm. And he said, there is a way for every person to encounter the power of the resurrection. I'm gonna show it to you in a minute here. There is a way that God said, I have wrapped into where every person can experience the same thing Jesus experienced, that you could be raised back to life and recognize God's got this. And your tomb can become a womb. Here's how the Bible says it. God actually wrote it in his eternal word. In the Bible, in Romans chapter 6 and verse 4, go to the next verse if you can for me, team. Here's what the Bible says. It says, we were therefore, watch this now, Don't, don't lose me, don't miss this, okay. We were therefore buried with him, how? Through baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father we too may have a new life Don't miss this. The Bible says that baptism is a form of us experiencing resurrection power in our lives. It says how we got baptized, that means we were also buried and we came back to life. Go to the next verse for me. Let me show you some more verses here. The Bible says in Colossians 2.12, it says, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized... So, baptism is a form of a tomb becoming a womb. You were baptized, and when And with him you were raised to what? New life. Because you trusted in the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So there it is again in Colossians that when we get baptized, when we go into the waters and come back up, the Bible says that it is just like Jesus being buried and rising again, you too now experience that resurrection power. Right now is a moment in time where I believe God wants to make this tomb of COVID-19 become a womb and you're experiencing resurrection power. Show you another verse the bible says it like this go to the next verse for me team in galatians three twenty-seven, it says for all of you who were baptized into christ have now clothed yourself with christ god says the key to experiencing resurrection power is in the baptism waters so follow me camera one of these cameras give me this camera right here this tomb zoom out if you can for me please thank you this tomb god says I want every person to experience the tomb becoming a womb. And it is actually a physical thing that represents a spiritual thing just like Jesus rose. So God says what Jesus experienced in the tomb, God rewrites this. Follow me, camera. Come on, stay with me. Follow me. Come on, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. me. He makes it this. Now, there should have been water here, but it's all right. Water, the baptism water here. This here, God says, becomes, go to, the, go to the tomb. That becomes this. I got a word from God for somebody. He says, the way you experience the tomb becoming a womb is in the baptism waters. Now, this was something that God told me to do, so I'm going to do it. Many of you need to be baptized right now. You can zoom out, please. Zoom out, zoom out. Many of you need to be baptized right now. Okay, zoom out because I want them to see the pool. Back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Can you give me some water, please? Many of you need to be baptized because the Bible says water baptism is the key for you to experiencing this resurrection power. Now, why the water? You might say, well, what's the difference with the water? The water is a metaphor of you being born again. You see a baby when they're in the womb, they're in the, the water. Yeah, just give me the water. Thank you, yeah. A baby when they're in the water, okay, They're literally being, they're in the water, right? It's called, some of you know, honey, my water broke. (laughs) Come on now. That water is a metaphor of you being back in the womb. Watch how God does this. I'm not just bringing you thoughts here. I'm bringing you the word of God, church. The baby's in the fluid. So just like the baby is in the womb and comes to life, God says the baptism waters are you coming back to life. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.